Hey, this is Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. Up on theringer.com this week, we've posted our streaming recommendations for the month of September, updated our 50 best superhero movies of all time list, and make sure to check out our Stephen King coverage by Ben Lindbergh on the site and on the Big Picture Podcast. On the sports side, our NFL experts are giving their predictions for the season, the storylines they're most excited about, and finalizing their rankings of the top 150 fantasy players of 2019. You can check it out on theringer.com. Welcome to Ringer Dish on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Amanda Dobbins. I am joined today by my frequent co-host and friend, Juliette Littman. Hi, Juliette. Hey, 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 hey. And also my friend and new co-host, Alyssa Bresnack. Hello, Alyssa. Hello. And we are here to talk about the September issues, plural. We're going to talk about magazines and magazine covers and celebrities and stars and what these magazine covers mean or don't mean in 2019. We're calling this podcast The September Issue, which is a nod to the September issue of Vogue and the documentary that was made about the September issue of Vogue, which is typically, it's the big deal issue. It's the biggest issue of the year, as they say. And that's primarily because they put just a ton of advertising in it. It's just like a really giant, thick magazine, like a doorstop. But it's also taken on sort of a cultural significance, wouldn't you say, Alyssa? Yeah. Many leads have been written about its girth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but actually, there's so much more that goes into it. And just as someone who's worked in magazines, you can feel a, an excitement in the air once the planning for the September issue comes around. It's important within the office and outside of it. Right. And as a result of the September issue of Vogue being a big deal— all the other magazines kind of copied because what Vogue does in that industry, everybody else does. And so it becomes kind of, the September issue is when all of the big celebrities show up on the covers. Juliet, who who are some of your favorite, we're going to talk about all of the September covers this year, even some that maybe aren't traditional September covers, but who are some of your favorite this year thus far? I gotta say, I'm the most taken with Renee Zelliger. Just because I find the pictures, like, shocking, like, and she looks so dismayed. And so just, like, photos (laughs) alone, photos alone, I'm the most into Renee Zelliger. That has been wild. And then, additionally, you know, I I committed a lot of emotional, mental energy to the British Vogue that Meghan Markle is not on the cover of. That's true. (laughs) And I think that the, the kind of the interview that has been the most um, lasting for me is Harry Styles and Rolling Stone. For sure. Yes. Same. Yes. Hard same. Those photographs also stayed with me. Yeah, we'll talk. I think we should just talk a lot about them, and then maybe we can talk about the September issue and whether it matters more generally later on in the podcast. But if I had to pick a favorite, I think probably, Juliet, I agree with you, like that the biggest splash in terms of what it did for magazines was the British Vogue Meghan Markle cover just because we've talked about it so much. But the cover is so boring. The cover is actively bad. The cover is like really, really actively bad because it's a patchwork and there are 11 different people on it and a I mirror. I was just like, what are you doing, British folk? And like, we discussed this, but literally the the mirror so that you, Alyssa, or you, Juliet, can be also on the cover of British Vogue. Yeah. That's like when Time's person of the year was, was you. you. That's true. <laughs> it was also a plot point on the bull type. Do you remember this? 
Yes, it was. When they had to, like, redo a magazine in, like, 19 hours and they mock up a, a cover that's not a cover. I, I don't know. If you're already being parodied by Freeform before you even do your thing, I think it's a problem. It's a problem, for sure. But I will Agreed. say that interview, it obviously, like, got a lot of press for her doing it. And then— um the, the Prince Harry interview with Jane Goodall, where he talks about only having two children because of climate change, um, that stayed relevant. Yes. Yeah. For not Absolutely. great reasons, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I guess in a way, can you think of many other magazine pieces that have been talked about as much as that? I mean, if you're on Twitter and, like, in the fandom universe, definitely the Harry Styles one. <laughs> but but that was, like, I think of all of the covers that we're going to talk about today, one of the most impressive profiles. Like, it's very rare that you get something of substance along with the glossy photo shoot now because they're they're so regulated. So, like, I, I don't know. I mean, every once in a while you get a really great piece of writing or access with it. But mostly people care about the photos these days, right? Yeah, that's true. Amanda and I talked about um, Harry Styles' profile on Jam Session when it came out, and I feel like one, one thing we didn't say and I've been thinking about since is how much he feels like the true successor or, or heir to David Bowie. And I know that's not an original thought. Like, a lot of people have said that about him. But I, I think that interview, to me, like, obviously it was a great job by the reporter, and Alyssa and Amanda, you both have a lot of profile experience, So, and I, I have zero, but I, I think more than that, it's like a real credit to like Harry Styles, because it's so typically this is like a female-driven thing, and I'm not necessarily advocating for a man to like take this space over, but I do... <laughs> I do think it's, like, pretty fascinating that the most compelling story was about someone who won't subscribe to certain gender identity and when this is, like, usually such a gendered topic. And it just was, it just was like, really fascinating and, and pretty cool. I, I have a question for you guys. Was that profile popular and widely read by, like, non-internet denizens? That's such a great question. I feel like that is a thematic question throughout this podcast. And, you know, also, I'm on the internet, so I don't totally know. Yeah, I was just about to say, I don't speak to non-internet denizens, like, unfortunately. (laughs) I think probably in the sense that Rolling Stone is still one of a handful of magazines that has kind of brand name recognition for people, even beyond people who follow magazines and the media pretty obsessively, like the three of us do. And it also has a slightly older generational appeal. So I think you got both the the younger Harry Styles fans who read that cover and then people who are like, oh, yeah, weren't the 60s great? And then I, I too <laughs> love Rolling Stone and read it, if that makes any sense. Right. Yeah. I guess like of all the places like where that could happen, like Rolling Stone, you might still find at your dentist's office. Yes, I think so. And I think to your point about kind of gender demographics, Rolling Stone is probably has more of a a 50-50 split. I mean, I you know, I don't want to stereotype, but I do think a lot of these magazines that we're going to talk about are geared towards women. And yes. so I, Rolling Stone is one where it's not specifically geared towards men or women in that case. Um, let's go through some of them. Obviously, like we sure. should start with Vogue itself, American Vogue, which— Taylor Swift was on the cover. You know, maybe we can talk a little bit about, like, the actual covers and then also the profiles because there is a real split between what you get visually and what you get in writing. I thought this cover looked perfectly nice and is definitely a coup for her, even though it was, like, she did it because she was releasing an album. It's just promo 101. I thought the profile was pretty flat, even for Taylor. 
Yeah. I, I mean, say we learned we learned like nothing. Yeah. There yeah, there was like literally nothing I couldn't have uh, like her Instagram reveals more than these profiles, I think. Yeah. <laughs> because at the very least you get like her perspective, but I it was I think it was even mentioned in that profile that sh- she sort of visibly hated speaking to the writer or something. <laughs> which <laughs> which is like I think a turn in the evolution of Taylor Swift and media in the first place because usually she's like so excited and like often reveals all these personal things and at the very least gives them like a whole scene. And I don't think she was interested in doing that this time around, which means she's probably like grown up a little and I don't know, maybe just felt like she's entering the Beyonce phase of her career where she doesn't need to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of Beyonce, I thought Taylor Swift also did Elle a few months ago. It was one of those like written by the the subject. So she like wrote an essay like 30. It was at like 30 things I learned once I was 30. Which, this happens from time to time, and within media circles, people get really upset when a celebrity is allowed to do their own cover story because they don't think it's, like, hard-nosed journalism, right? And you're just giving away the space. And Beyonce famously was on the cover of Vogue without an interview. That was, like, several years ago now, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think it was, like, two years ago. Maybe three. Yeah. But I thought the Taylor Swift L piece was way more revealing yeah. and gave a better sense of her than this this Vogue profile that she actually sat for did. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I, I think she used the Vogue profile to continue to position herself as an LGBTQ ally. Like, the biggest thing that came out of that was her talking about her conversation with Todrick Hall. And she just has a platform. She's pushing it. Yeah. She's pushing it in the pages of Vogue. And I, I find it interesting that she's chosen that as her platform. It's probably for a different podcast, but that's what she did. We've talked a little bit about it. It's, <laughs> I, I, it's an important message and I admire her for it. It is also kind of the way she's chosen to do it and the time that she's chosen to do it. it to me, it has felt a little late, but I don't know. Yeah. I think Agreed. all of this just speaks to the fact that like celebrity profiles now are such at the whims of the negotiations that happen behind the door, like behind closed doors, that to the point where it's like a personal essay is going to give you more than an actual profile because access is so negotiated. And we saw that with the Beyonce essay in last year's September cover. Um, and, you know, like, I think it's just kind of speaks to the sad state of profile celebrity journalism. I think that's true. I think also, you know, they've always been super negotiated. So it's interesting how and what they're negotiating for. Yeah. The Taylor Swift profile, it, to both of your points, it seems like she said, I would like to talk about the LGBTQ agenda. And that's all I will be discussing. And we will not be talking about any other things. And so they're negotiating for specific, like giving little pieces of the pie. Like, I'll write my personal essay for L, and I'll talk about this platform here. And I, I guess that's savvy. But you're right. It seems like the ball is entirely in the court of celebrity, the celebrity as opposed to the journalist. Yeah. And the subject matter is also telling of just what the theme now is. Like, it can't just be that we're aspiring to look a certain way or to have a certain amount of money. It's also a cultural aspiration. I think I wrote about this a a while ago when I wrote about magazine covers. But like all of these magazines you'll see in the covers, there's always like now a subtle hint of like, this is what you want to believe in. And this is the sort of like gender fluidity and wokeness that that we want to channel for you. Yeah. No, I think that's a really smart observation. Next on the list is Vanity Fair, where Alyssa once worked, full disclosure. It's Kristen Stewart. This didn't really uh, move the needle for me. 
It didn't really move the needle for me either. I think Kristen Stewart has done a great job of escaping the Twilight intense teen fame and has come out of it and kind of does mostly interesting movies, though I think this was to promote Charlie's Angels, which we can discuss when we see that movie. But, I mean, remember she was just like totally in the Twilight machine and then on the cover of Us Weekly possibly having an affair with her director and is now just like a very cool and comfortably out like indie actress who sometimes does franchise movies. So I I think she is cool, but I agree that part of that transition has involved her like not giving that much away publicly and this this piece is a reflection of that. I don't know, Alyssa, yeah. do you agree? Yeah, I mean the the piece is its own thing. The thing that like really captured my imagination or just like my thought about the industry in general was the cover because again, it's so Instagrammy. It's just like there is no setting here. Like, it's just like, let's match the jacket to whatever color we decide to make the magazine. And to me, it just is an illustration of how cheap the shoots have become. Like, but it used to just be that. That's a great point. <laughs> like, the shoots themselves would be like hundreds of thousands of dollars and they would be on location in France or, I mean, and it looks like they went somewhere. Like, I'm not sure where any of these are. But they're on location. Taken. They're on location, but you can just tell it's a much less grand production. Yeah. And and so that was like my main thought was just like, man, that shoot must have been like pretty budget friendly, (laughs) which is not necessarily something Vanity Fair wants me to think. No. I used this podcast as an opportunity to rewatch the documentary, the September issue last night as work, quote unquote. And that is about the making of, I believe it's the 2009 issue of... Or maybe it's filmed in 2007. It was released in 2009. Anyway, a September issue of Vogue with Sienna Miller on the cover. And they go to Rome for like a f- multi-day, super decadent, basically reenacting a Fellini movie shoot. And incredible. Just incredible stuff. It's incredible stuff. And there, and I mean, and the amount of drama on the status of Sienna Miller's hair and whether <laughs> her hair is going to be nice or whether they're going to use a wig or, like, why Mario Testino didn't want to shoot in front of the Coliseum. Like, that's a major drama point yeah. in the documentary is, like, what about the Coliseum shot? It does seem like those days are gone. For sure. Yeah. I mean, there's still, like, I I don't doubt that the fashion department at Vanity Fair, like, agonized over how they were going to style Kristen Stewart's bob. Like, I don't know if— It's the same in terms of, like, how much they're spending on the location and everything, but I'm sure they're just as dedicated. It just, like, shows through in the photos that they don't don't have that budget. Yeah. Thanks for bringing up the the September issue movie, Amanda, because I've never seen it. I'm embarrassed to say. However, it did introduce Grace Coddington as a concept to me and Mm -hmm. to many other people, and I feel like that's really essential and has been important for the work of so many lieutenants in so many fields (laughs) all— All over, you know? Yes. You you should also, I really do recommend it. I think it's so smart. If you're interested in magazines and, or interested in Grace and watching Grace Coddington just like stand up to Anna Winter, which she does, and she's the only person. And it's really, I, watching it again last night when she marches into Anna's office and it's just like, it's a lot of work and there's not time. And there's like, (laughs) no one else in the world who would be able to speak to Anna that way. It's, it's um, great. It's kind of real catharsis. But there's also... Grace and that movie uh, puts their finger on a thing that I think is really interesting is kind of like the role of celebrities in these issues Mm. because for many years all fashion magazines would only use models on their covers and they do give Anna Wintour credit or you know 
credit is a double-edged sword there for uh, bringing celebrities into the fold and understanding that having a celebrity on your cover would be so important for selling the clothes and selling the magazine, which is definitely true. I think we'll go through more of these covers, but this list of celebrities on the 2019 covers is really interesting, and I think we should, like, talk about it more. Anyway, Angelina Jolie, L. Did, right. Has anyone thought about this since it happened? No. 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 Yeah. It's, okay. like, amazing how boring it is. Okay. I agree. Uh in style, Julianne Moore. I believe this was also the 25th anniversary issue. Yeah, so I actually want to talk about this one for a second. Yeah, let's because go. Because they had so many short as told tos from Reese Witherspoon, from Jennifer Garner, from Cameron Diaz, like from a lot of like pretty incredible actresses that talk about where they are now. They all have like these one day shoots, kind of like these like capsule testimonials. And I just find any interview with Cameron Diaz really incredible as I talking yesterday. And Amanda, Amanda and I um, did the rewatchables with Bill on my best friend's wedding. And it reminded me and gave me this new appreciation for what a great actress Cameron Diaz was. And I think she's really undervalued like as a, as a comedian. And it was interesting to hear her in her own words inside a September issue where she just sort of, like, talks about how she's just, like, done with acting, which has been said, like, it came to light, like, a year or so ago, kind of, like, no one noticed, but she just sort of quit acting because she was done with it. Um, And these testimonials were really cool, and they also had, like, things I didn't know when I was 20 and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, like, it's actually pretty unusual to commit that amount of space to actresses that people don't think about that often. Or if they do, they think of strictly as, like, moms or, like, 40-somethings now as, like, Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Garner are. And it was very un-September-y, but I, I loved it, which maybe speaks to where I am in my life. But I was like, this is the content I came here for. Can I? I, ha- I agree with you, but here's a related thing. I have not consumed a single page of this magazine, of this issue, but I have watched all of the Instagram video content that InStyle posted. Oh, with, interesting. With all I've of seen those- none. How exciting. All of those women that you just mentioned, because they've got Jennifer Aniston, they've got... Yes, Jennifer um, Aniston, too. Jennifer Garner, they've got everyone looking back at their old in-style issues and, you know, kind of making jokes about how young they were. I think Reese Witherspoon is in there, too, but all of these really big-name actresses, and they did the video version of this, and I consumed all of it. Right. Oh, my God. I'm going to watch it tonight. Thank you so much for telling me. (laughs) You're so welcome, and I think it's also really good, but I think that's a pretty fascinating insight into like where the September issue is now is that I I have basically read the September issue but I just watched it all on Instagram. Yeah. I mean and in person in terms of like personal projects that are coming up for Julianne Moore, like why is she on the cover? Do we know? So she's in a couple of small movies, but if I had to guess, she is in The Woman in the Window, which was supposed to be released this fall and then was just pushed back to 2020. Oh, wow. So I think that's why. Because also keep in mind, for September issues, they book these months in advance. And at some point, I also just think if you can get Julianne Moore on your cover for a certain age and demographic and fashion, she brings... She brings everything together. Is it rude to say InStyle is for a slightly older audience? No, no, no. I that was the point I was gonna make. Yeah. It's just like she is the stand like the standard InStyle readers sort of muse for those things. Mm-hmm. And but I think the fact that like there is no thing to promote and she's just existing on the cover also speaks to like how it doesn't really matter if you have a project coming up and also like it doesn't matter if you book a really big person. <laughs> like, there is no, like, hot person that InStyle is pursuing. They're just yeah. like, this person works for our demographic, and we're just going to stick with them. 
I think the math is that it's easier for magazines to get people when they're promoting something. But also, as a reader, all of this stuff just kind of comes at you. And it's not like we all follow the strict magazine, like, newsstand release schedule anymore because we're coming to it at different ways on the internet at all times. So I think— And on on Instagram. And on Instagram, yes. (laughs) On video on Instagram. As illustrated. So I think it's the kind of—the release thing is getting a bit— more flexible, yeah. at least on the magazine side, because it's just like if you can get someone, you can get them because they're famous. She looks great. She does look great. All right. Harry Styles, Rolling Stone, we talked about. Fantastic stuff. Just an all-timer. An all-time magazine profile. It really was. And it was an it was an all-time magazine profile without having some like dramatic bombshell revelation a la Jennifer Aniston, you know, talking about the Brad Pitt divorce for the first time. Or, yeah. or like Kim talking about the Taylor feud. Exactly. Yeah. Was Jennifer Garner's year of wine a September issue? I think it was a little bit later because I recall doing a podcast about it sometime in the winter. Okay. So, <laughs> great. That's how I mark time these days when I did a podcast. <laughs> I remember doing that podcast. I remember the podcast studio we were in. Yeah, and we didn't move in there until February. So. Okay. All right, there we go. Yeah. Uh, Serena Williams was on the cover of Essence. I am always did, did ha- not read it. Yeah, I'm always happy to see Serena Williams thriving. That's kind of where I am. Agree, hard agree. Yeah, I don't know. It's nice. It's good that she's on the cover. Cara Delevingne was on Marie Claire. Cara Delevingne's really pushing herself. We had Poppy and Cara Delevingne's apartment and architect or home, their house, and Architectural Digest. I feel like I've been getting a lot more Kara these days. And I like I like her a lot, so I'm happy about it. But I'm just noticing. She's I agree back. with that. I do think that she's promoting the show Carnival Row. Are you familiar oh, yeah. with Carnival Row? No, I'm not. I've seen its <laughs> name, but I have no idea what that is. Well, I have not seen any of it. I believe that it is an Amazon show co-starring Orlando Bloom. I'd love to read you the description. A human detective and a fairy rekindle a dangerous affair in a Victorian fantasy world where the city's uneasy peace collapses when a string of murders reveals an unimaginable monster. It's an Amazon show, right? Yes. (laughs) That's like every single—that's a Mad Lib of every single type of show that you could put into one sentence. I much prefer to read about Cara Delevingne in the tabloids, which is where she's always her best. That's true. Remember the sex bench this year? No. She's, like, walking into her apartment with her girlfriend, and they're carrying a sex bench. You haven't seen this? Oh, no. I think I missed that. Oh, well, I mean, that deserves its own magazine cover. It does. (laughs) That's true. And I agree. Even, like, the house tour that she did with Poppy Delevingne, video style, for—I guess it was Architectural Digest, right, Julia? Yeah, it's it's A.D. A.D. I mean, that's the content that I personally am looking for. And I think also probably that made a bit more of a splash. I don't know. Marie Claire in the U.S. is not a particularly—doesn't have a huge reach. Sure. But she is—she does fit, like, the more classic September issue subject, which is that she's a model first and then an actress second, like an actress slash supermodel superstar second. So she can show off the clothes that they want to put in there. And I think in that way, she, That's like, true. fits the That's more true. classic is, model. Is anyone caring about the clothes in any of these besides Harry Styles? <laughs> no. No. Yeah. Okay. I agree. All right. Anne Hathaway on the cover of Allure. Didn't really care about that either. And I love Anne Hathaway. I'm a half ahead. Allure is an interesting one because it's a beauty magazine, which has that makes a lot of sense. You like need to sell beauty products. It's like it's a booming industry, target audience, 
And obviously celebrities have been sponsors for beauty products for a long time, like way before it was cool to care about sheet masks or whatever. But it's weird when you have to make the beauty magazine about the person in addition. But you can't just be like, tell me about your products or whatever. Or, I mean, I guess they could, but they choose not to. I will say Anne Hathaway does always look like she like looks na- effervescent and natural. So I, I too, would choose her for the cover of my big beauty magazine cover. <laughs> She's a big enough movie star for that, though. Like, I have no problem with them choosing her for that. Yeah, but it's interesting. Are you buying Allure because of the movie star cover? I guess I, I I'm don't not know. buying Allure. Right. I mean, <laughs> is anyone? I Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to move on. Renee Zellweger on the cover of New York Magazine's Fall Preview. Juliet, pick that. Juliet, that's your favorite. Did you read this piece, Juliet? I did. Um, I scammed it. Yeah. It wasn't that interesting. She's just sort of like sassy and like in a nice way and sort of also also kind of like over it. I thought that it was pretty evocative of where Renee Zellweger is in her life right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, I also read it like, okay, Renee Zellweger would like an Oscar, which is just yeah. very clear. Yeah, and totally. she's been at the film festivals already. And it's this is kind of her campaign announcement, if you will. She's like, she's very loose with, I believe it's Jonathan Van Meter who wrote it and says just a lot of kind of endearingly daffy things. Yeah. Like at one point she just says to him, I listen to the Beatles every day, don't you? <laughs> Which I've thought about every day when I turn, like, the serious channel of the Beatles. And I was like, oh, I, like Renee Zellweger, am listening to the Beatles today. So I guess that's a mark of a successful profile if it's memorable. Yeah, absolutely. She's funny. She was filming a show on the same lot as where we work. And she would, like, walk around just, like, a, with a literal pep in her step. And she would look, she would, like, look around with her chin held high and I was just like, she seems happy. And I don't know. She just is, just seemed like she's doing her thing and it's working for her. I That seems right as well. It, it's, you know, now she's going to subject herself to six months of press scrutiny in order to get an Oscar. So I hope that continues for her. I, I thought it was pretty delightful. It definitely gave a sense of the person. Okay, two more. Variety has weekly or, you know, has several covers. So... Camila Cabello was on the cover, and Robert Pattinson was also on the cover. I feel like I saw a lot of the Robert Pattinson cover around, which is maybe not surprising because he's a huge internet star. Yeah, and he's going to be Batman. Exactly. Like, he's being presented as, like, this new generation of, like, big right. movie star. So I think that that is a very appropriate September issue cover. Yeah. Love him. You just do? Absolutely. I, just I didn't know that about him. you. He's a great actor. I've seen very little of his work. I just love him as a, as a human. <laughs> I the, think he seems like a fun drunk. He does seem For like a sure. fun drunk. The lead of this piece is also about him, like, being very stressed on a plane and Googling himself because the Batman news had just broken, but he wasn't actually Batman yet. He was really embarrassed. And then he was like, and then I was sitting next to Christopher McQuarrie, who's the director of Mission Impossible Fallout and other like big action films and he was like and then I realized that this director was watching me Google myself and I was so embarrassed and there was a level of self-awareness and anxiety that I related to. Yeah. So he is he's like a relatable person and he's I don't know I mean he's just been in the spotlight for so long that he has this like weathered feeling to him where it's Mm -hmm. like oh just like another round of like insanity for, for press and I kind of like that it's it's like it makes him like sarcastic and cynical. Yeah. Okay. Let's do the Cosmos together, because we've got Cosmo and Cosmo UK. Okay. Iggy Azalea is apparently on the cover of Cosmopolitan. I I have curated my feeds in such a way that that was news to me until <laughs> we were putting together. This. I also had no idea. Yeah. 
And then Jordan Woods, she of Kardashian adjacent scandal fame, was on the cover of Cosmo UK. This is upsetting for Cosmopolitan, both of these. Both yeah, of these are these are They're very, really well, interesting. <laughs> so I, maybe it's upsetting for Cosmopolitan. Two things to note. Number one, I think Cosmopolitan still outsells most of the magazines on this list. Okay. I can't speak for the Cosmo UK stats because they, they still have like 14 newspapers in the UK and they buy all of them. I, you know, I don't know. But here's the other thing. I, especially for Jordan Woods— might be the youngest person on this list, definitely is one of the youngest people on this list. And more to the point, as I was putting all these together, I was just like, oh no, magazines are for old people and I'm one of them. <laughs> because these are all, they're very famous people, but they're famous people in their 30s and above. Would you really say Iggy Azalea is a famous person? I, I, I think mean, she's internationally famous, yes. Yes. Okay. Unfortunately, yes. Actually, yeah, I take that back. I never really had a big problem with her. I mean, she's I, ha- I mean, like in terms the of appropriation songs, is bad. But she like she just hasn't had that many hit songs. Like, I guess yeah, she dated an I NBA know, player. But Alyssa, her music is played at weddings, and that's all that matters. Oh, you're right. right. You're right. Also, you know, <laughs> actually doing things has nothing to do with fame at this point. It's just on Instagram. It's just really weird to me. Like, no one's gonna listen to her new album. I can't believe she's on the cover of a September issue. It's re- like I. You know, a little bit, I th- I think that maybe Cosmo does not follow the September issue. I, it probably does a bit in terms of advertisers. But, you know, I, I think that they're just maybe kind of doing what they want because it's for a younger, different audience. But mm. I, Jordan Woods, I think, is just because she's young and famous in the U.S. And so... And famous on the internet. And so they decided to put her on the cover. But it's interesting that more people aren't doing that. I guess Harry Styles is young and famous on the internet, right? Yeah, oh, but he's he's like a different level because he's talented. Right. Not to say that Jordan Woods isn't talented at like posing for photos, but she's mostly been known for like being Kardashian, like arm candy yeah. for a while. Harry Styles... I talk about this a lot on the Bachelor podcast. Harry Styles has a career that we recognize. And not to say that you need that you can't forge your own path, but with Jordan Woods, it's harder to understand what she'll be famous for in like three years. Whereas with Harry Styles, it could be fashion, it could be music. There's plenty of things, you know? Yeah, I think that's true. But if I had to guess in terms of the number of people who know that Jordan who Jordan Woods is, who like looked at a Cosmo UK cover versus the number of people who looked at, say, Angelina Jolie's L cover, I definitely think Jordan Woods is more famous. For sure. Which is just wild. Do you think she's more famous than Brad Pitt? I don't no. know. No, no, I, d- no, 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 I don't no. know. I raise I raise it because I think his not to like be so gendered, but I raise it because he also is doing a lot of press right now. And obviously him and Angelina Jolie are they were married for a long time. And so like they kind of are a, a, a duo to me, but a lot and at the time a lot of the power of their ability to sell magazines is they were equally famous um and on the same level and she kind of has just really in some ways i think opted out of that and i actually which brings me back to in style i think a lot of those women are just sort of not comfortable with the fame that that they experienced yeah i think that's true i think they're both not comfortable and also aging out of it a bit and I think that there yeah. is a double standard where you can be 55 and Brad Pitt and I mean it does help that you look like Brad Pitt when you're 55 and you also pick better movies I mean I think Angelina Jolie she's on the cover because she's going to be in Maleficent 2 this fall yeah. which will make a lot of money but is not exactly 
a career highlight. Frankly, as an actress, she's real hit and miss. She has yeah. not been like in a ton of great movies. And Brad Pitt is in the conversation for both being really hot for 30 years now and for being in good movies that people saw. Yeah, I want to emphasize, like, Brad Pitt is definitely more famous than Jordan Woods. Like, people have seen him in so many sure. movies. Can I tell you a <laughs> chilling story that happened just last week on this podcast? Tell we me. We gave out summer awards, and some young people who happened to be in the Ringer Dish universe tried to tell me that Brad Pitt won the Comeback Award because he had been gone forever. And I almost, I had a breakdown on the podcast because I was like, he didn't go anywhere. But he's famous to you and me and to Juliet and to a certain generation of people. But I don't know. I don't know if he's like, you know, that famous. (laughs) In order for this universe to make sense to me, like, I just need to say Jordan Woods is less famous than Brad Pitt. Hold on. This brings us to the next person on the list, which is a good comparison. Because it's Billie Eilish on the cover of V Magazine. Juliet, who's more famous, Brad Pitt or Billie Eilish? I think Brad Pitt, but it's close. Okay. I think so as well. I want to believe that, and I agree, but I agree with you. I feel more comfortable making that statement I, than the Jordan yes, Woods one. I know. One. I was being provocative, okay? okay. I wanted to scare okay. you. All right. I agree, but no, I just— No, I think there's some truth. I think there's some truth to it. I think there is a lot of truth to Jordan Woods being more famous than Brad Pitt. I'm serious. I mean, I raised it. It makes me uncomfortable. My stomach hurts a little bit now, but I do think—you <laughs> know, And I, but I think also— that is just a good way to talk about, like, I think Jordan Woods is on this magazine cover because she's really famous in a way that the other people on these magazine covers and your traditional magazine cover subject is not. And there are, you know, everybody is, like, super famous to their specific audience. Everything is so siloed now. Sure. But I think if you put—and and probably because Brad Pitt has been around for so long and has been in so many movies and was famous at a time when we didn't have as many famous people, there are probably more people who are like, oh, yes, Brad Pitt. But I just in terms of—if you had to—if everyone had to pick a one person that was their celebrity that they were going to, you know, follow forever in the vein of the Beehive or the Navy or whatever, like maybe more people go to Jordan Woods than they do to Brad Pitt— well, Brad Pitt is just on a numbers game. Sure, but he's not interested in giving the people what they want in that way. Like, <laughs> but, he's a different kind of celebrity. Right, but I, what I think is interesting is that, like, we're in that era of sure. celebrity, and magazines are, like, dying at a really, really fast rate because no one buys print anymore. And so they're trying to latch on to that new version of the celebrity so that at least they'll have whatever two million people who consume their content because they're obsessed with this person. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. I also think a lot of what at least Amanda and I find so charming about Brad Pitt doesn't really speak to the Billie Eilish audience. Like, they don't care that Brad Pitt's really into crafting furniture. I do, but they don't, you know? <laughs> so it's like a different type of celebrity. But they do care that Billie Eilish is really into wearing pants on her arms. <laughs> okay, so Billie Eilish makes me feel old because I do not understand the her appeal as a celebrity. I, think I completely understand it. I think like she like she basically I explain it. She came along at a time when you know like we were really saturated in the perfect Instagram aesthetic and I think people were really looking for meaning in pop culture. They were like they were looking for depth and they were looking for something that didn't demonstrate like constant happiness or love or any of those things. I think people were looking for darkness. And she presents a very Instagram 
friendly version of darkness. <laughs> she's also, she's a musician. Yeah. And she's on Instagram. And that's, like, where young people consume content. Yeah. The majority of the people on this list are all actresses. And I just don't think that actresses, young actresses, have a mechanism to be as famous now because people don't go see movies as much. It's not the dominant force of pop culture, yeah. especially for young people. And I mean, and music and pop stars has always been kind of the dominant force for young people. But I think people are just like a lot closer to that stream of information. On Broadway, they use, like after a show would open, it would be a big success. Like, you know, and they still do. This is still the case. A lot of like thought goes into like who's like the biggest name we could get to get people in seats. Like they would still care. And so Waitress, which Sarah Bareilles wrote and Catherine McPhee was in and has had a really big run, is closing soon. And in its final and in, in part of its stretch run, which is happening right now, the aforementioned Todger Call and Miranda Sings are in the show. And it has it led to like one of like their best sales week of all time. And those are two YouTube stars. Oh, I had ask, no idea Miranda Sings was in a Broadway. Who yeah. is Miranda <laughs> Sings? Here I am asking on a oh podcast. <laughs> um, Miranda Sings came to me through an episode of the very, very quaint show, True Life, I'm Online. And she is one of the first YouTube stars who is a singer. And she came up with this personality called Miranda. Her real name is Colleen. It's like Colleen like Ballard or something like that. Yeah. And her thing is that she sings badly with lipstick like really poorly oh applied. Oh, my God. Did you ever watch like comedians getting coffee in cars or whatever? I have seen an episode she, I think of she it, was yes. on that. Which I, I, yeah, yeah, she was. Hers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's also um, the pregnant girl in the um, Thank You Next video. She's yes. She's really friends with our Ariana yes. Grande. Okay. Um, but she is one of our first and most genuine YouTube stars and it has propelled her to a crazy level of fame, both as Colleen herself and as Miranda. And I will never forget her appearance on, it was when I first learned about like Playlist Live and VidCon. And she, it ruined her relationship. I mean, she now I think has a partner and she's now a mother. Um, but at the time, like her relationship was being ruined by the fact that she had to post these videos constantly. Otherwise she was like at risk of losing her livelihood. And now she's selling out Broadway, baby. The great white way. I, that's, I'm going to sit with that for a while on my own time and put together all that information. But I think that that is a good... I put some more covers on here, like Rami Malek on GQ and Woody Harrelson on Esquire, but like the men's magazines don't really matter. Or it's not that they don't matter, but it's a different... It's a different vibe. Going for something different, yeah. Exactly. But with the Jordan Woods and the Brad Pitt and Miranda Sings is a good way to talk about kind of the impact that these covers do or do not have. Because there was a time even 10 years ago or 15 years ago maybe when this was like you'd made it. You were a star. This was the celebrity vehicle and kind of an establishment knighting someone as like this is the most important person. I don't know that they do that anymore. And it's basically like the magazines are begging for people like Jordan Woods and Miranda Sings to lend some of their credibility to the magazine at this point. But I don't know. That's just my theory. I think it's a credibility sharing machine. Okay. Because like, like I don't know. When I wrote that story about the magazine covers, I, I think I spoke to the person who like does the booking for GQ's covers, mm-hmm. Dana Matthews. And she had said like, they had an event where Timothy Chalamet was there and he was, like, talking about how important it was to be on a cover of GQ. Yes. It's still culturally significant for a really young person to do it. Alyssa, I'm sorry, but he is not representative of the average young person. He's a unicorn. (laughs) He's so special. But but I just mean to say, for sure, 
I I agree. Like maybe Jordan Woods doesn't necessarily feel as appreciative, but I I want to say that I, I think it's like if you are a serious person like a, who like imagines this illustrious career ahead, like yeah. it's a moment for you to. Uh, demonstrate your credibility well they also make you look cool because they hire they get fancy clothes and hire photographers and it's like you know it's hard to take a photograph yourself with a phone but you're never going to look the way that you would look on the cover of vogue or vanity fair or gq that which and you know images are currency in 2019 especially on instagram so i think you want to do it because they make you look cool but julia do these covers like matter to the world at large, like do, like a random person being like, oh, I saw, you know, Renee Zellweger on the cover of New York Magazine. Now I that's moving the needle for me. I think it does um, not to teenagers. So, like, I think it okay. matters even to people who are like 25. But like I had kind of like forgotten about Renee Zellweger. And then I saw the cover as I was like walking past a newsstand. And I was like, oh, right. Renee Zellweger. I do think in that way. But you have to be attuned to caring about magazines at all. And I think mm-hmm. we're we're moving towards a point where they just they don't have that gravity. Yeah. I would agree with you, though they still matter to me. And they still matter to you too because we just spent an entire podcast talking about them. <laughs> and you know what? We'll continue to because it's still they, we sure will. Celebrity journalism, we still consume it, even if no one else does. So and boy, this, do we love it. Yeah, we do. Alyssa, Juliet, thank you for talking about the September issues with me. Juliet, please watch the September issue documentary. When I'm going need, to. Just, you know, when you, when you need a pick-me-up, it's what it's there for. Thank you to everyone for listening, and we will be back on Wednesday with Jam Session. 